Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Am I? Good. I I'm hope so. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, what are we doing this week? Most likely some more ClickWitch. <laughs> Same thing we do every week, Brain. Uh, no, <laughs> Pinky. Whoever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, ClickPitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we will each get a new word, and we will shove them together, make them kiss, and they'll create a game design that we hope will be funny or interesting. Yeah, game design, baby. All right. So, (laughs) shall we click pitch? Yes, we shall. Three, two, one, click. Inactivity. Devolution. Devolution. And inactivity. So, the, so this is, it's kind of like Spore. <laughs> but in backwards. No, no. So, well, so you, start, you start in the space. And- you start, okay, it's backwards Spore. All right. And by doing nothing, by not, by not taking any action, <laughs> you slowly just, somehow your species manages to survive, but it, it, you just de-evolve into the, like the most useless being Slowly, your legs over generations, your limbs start to disappear, your eyes disappear because you're just not using them anymore. Okay, yeah, I like that. So, at the start, um, you got maybe a creature that has six arms, and if you don't keep it active enough, they gradually, you know, get weaker and weaker and weaker and fall off. Yeah. Okay, wait, I've got a better idea, I think. It's a narrative game where the idea is that once humans invented virtual reality, it's basically, <laughs> what was it, um, uh, Better Than Life. Is that it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The Red Dwarf guy yep. wrote it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, basically, VR is so good that humans just stop doing anything outside of VR and over again, over generations and generations, somehow they manage to survive, but they end up literally just being brains in VR units <laughs> hooked up to this virtual world. Oh God, it, it's kind of like a, a. There's certain parts of of the game that can be um, kind of like that um, surrogates movie with Bruce Willis, and then mm-hmm. you know, as you know, they're in virtual reality, piloting piloting robots out there in the real world, and no. Well, yeah, okay. Well, that's it. Maybe there are two. Maybe there are multiple factions. There's one faction who literally ju- they just live their whole life in VR and they're just brains in jars. But, and this is almost a matrixy sort of thing. There's there's a subset of society who have, I mean, they always knew that they were in VR, but they're like shunning VR. So they managed to take off the. They managed to take off the Oculus Rift. Yeah, yeah, it's it's first generation VR this whole time. <laughs> they never actually upgraded. It's just that good. Uh, no, but they, yeah, they basically decide to, that they don't want to live in this virtual world anymore. But they're still brains in jars, so they have to like initially through VR manage to 
take control of machinery in the world, real world to build themselves robot arms. It's a very pickle rick situation. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> and eventually, yeah, they end up as these brains walking around in giant mechs and things and or transferring into more traditional human bodies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that. What I was wondering is, is the reason why they never got away from the first generation VR because all the factory workers got hooked on the VR, so therefore there was no more factory workers <laughs> to actually make the yeah, next, um, that's it. the next that's iteration. It. Everyone in this world is descended from the factory workers at the very first uh, VR factory. Oh, it's more the more the fact that you know the scientists and and everything like that that created the the Oculus Rift or Vive. <laughs> they uh, they. They all just ended up in, in VR and couldn't get away from it. And therefore, whenever they were manufacturing new ones, it's like no one was actually doing any work to get the new ones to actually happen. The fact that they're yeah. still making babies, kind of a miracle. <laughs> given that, yeah, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how that happens. Maybe this occurred in a place where like reproduction was already outsourced to machines. <laughs> oh, so, so it's like an alternate, alternate reality where you know they didn't even have pcs but they had machines that could i uh, could you know yeah yeah virtual reality was developed very late in their like technological history yeah uh they had they had all these robots and things that could do things for them and keep their bodies uh like fed and, and stuff while they're in this vr well <laughs> Okay, as funny as the idea of it just being the factory workers, I think for, if this was to be real, it would have to be that as VR developed and more and more people were spending more and more time in it, they also then had to develop these robots who were taking care of the human bodies while they yep. were spending days and days in virtual reality. Uh, but again, and and also doing things like... <laughs> Uh, uh, artificially inseminating people from other people because they didn't <laughs> want to leave VR. So that's how, like, that's how generations continued. But you know, as soon as the baby's born, it's basically has a VR unit placed on it and plugged into its brain and tethered. Yeah, 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 tethered. Yeah, they they never quite got the wireless headset down. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't the, need to the, because the, the, they, problem, the problem was that there was there was actually too much lag. So they right. just knew that they had to had to um yeah had to have yeah a, a lot of people died in uh, the the great lag plague because the <laughs> the latency between their brain and the the unit when they tried to go wireless uh just like completely fucked them up <laughs> uh, but I mean obviously obviously this is a VR unit where it like hooks into your brainstem so that you can move around the stuff in VR without your body having to move right oh yeah. But but the thing is, they shouldn't have put cocaine and um, all the other drugs in there to to make it so addictive. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the mistake. They shouldn't have they shouldn't have built in those little eyedroppers that just trip drug drugs directly into your mucous membranes or whatever. Well, it's because your vitreous, people, vitreous it's, membranes. It's because you know the eyelids sort of atrophied because they weren't they weren't wanting to close their eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh. Well, that's cool. Maybe, maybe you find out. So, because we haven't actually talked about the game part of this yet. No. Uh, I, presumably, you play one of the resistance uh, who's breaking away from this VR stuff. 
because then you get to do all sorts of shit with transferring your brain between different devices and stuff. Yep. Maybe you find out that, yeah, like, that's exactly it. It had eyedroppers in it because it's it's all part of, you know, allowing you to stay in there constantly. But it was it was actually sabotage that they put these uh, addictive drugs into the solution that they're dripping into the eyes. Like, that wasn't part of the design. Someone slipped that in there to make this thing more addictive. Um, it was, uh, on purpose. So that's that's like so a little like that's like a little back- sort of thing. Well, that's like a little backstory that you get that like the the it's got to be tens of thousands of years earlier if we're literally going. Yeah, and it's for- kind of like, it's kind of like the secret of Coke. Everyone everyone thinks that it's like <laughs> a um you know a, a myth that it had cocaine in it. Well, yeah. it turns out that the eye droppers eye drops actually do have something of that sort something. Of yeah, yeah. So gameplay wise. Yeah. I'm thinking that it's like a third person action action yeah. sort of Yeah, sort I was of, thinking that, but very but story heavy. Story heavy, so so more of a um Grim Fandango sort of mm-hmm. third person yeah. adventure. Yeah, but with combat missions so that when you transfer your brain into the big mech, there are there are times that you can just blast the shit out of things. Yep. So, like, it switches between sort of a tr- more traditional humanoid robot body, and that's when you're sort of doing the adventure stuff and, and investigating and finding out about what's going on and, and, and talking to people and dialogue puzzles. And then at certain parts of the story, you have to go into your mech thing and you just blast the shit out of people. And and I'm picturing, like, near the end game, there's a great scene where you're in your mech and you, like, break into one of the warehouses where all the brains of the like elite class that are all in their VR are kept and they and we use a really awesome physics engine and you just like blast the shit out of them and there's just all these tanks with brains in them breaking and water flowing out and glass coming down and brains just like bouncing onto the ground <laughs> and, and and while you're seeing all that happen you also it like intersperses inter- with with some of the previous um, missions that you've gone through, and you see some of the people in those missions just like fall to the ground dead, like they've been completely disconnected. So they well, were actually being controlled by some of these people. Oh, so there's like infiltrators who are still in VR. It's like two layers of VR. <laughs> so they're in VR, but then in VR they've managed to like infiltrate into a, the one of the brains that has disconnected from VR. Am I making this too complex? <laughs> yeah. But but I, I think I think it's a, a kind of cool idea that you've you've got maybe some some of the higher higher ups mm. are actually controlling like maybe they've got the new the new version of VR where they're literally just plugged into the matrix. They don't have any ocular. Right. So it like transfers their consciousness like around as opposed to having to transfer their physical yeah. brain around. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, and there should obviously be some missions in VR itself. Like, just because you're part of the resistance who disconnects doesn't mean you um, you don't ever connect to VR and you do need to do that to to get information and to infiltrate and, and you could put some really cool mechanics in there for the sorts of things you can do in VR as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's, that's really neat. That's fun. It, I don't know whether it would be better as a game or, or as a, like, interactive fiction sort of yeah or just fucking make a movie of it <laughs> okay 
for it's the next matrix. We just we just solved it. And we're not gonna fuck the trilogy up this time. Alright. <laughs> Stimulant. Sociology. <laughs> uh so my mind goes to a mad scientist. Yep. Who's doing experiment on society. With drugs in eye drops. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. This is the prequel to the previous game, uh, where you're. It's back when VR first started, and you're the person who put this addictive stimulant into the eye drops. Um, <laughs> when this happens, and it's just I know it just lines up nicely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could imagine a game where you sort of. No, it doesn't really make sense as a game because you. you this the the behaviors would be too subtle around. I'm thinking like dosing certain aspects of this of the of society with the stimulant and not others. Like that's that's stupid. Yeah. But okay, stimulants in games often are used as like power ups and that sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. What was your sociology? That's fucking hard to make a game about sociology. Yeah, it's kind of a bit hard, and that was even worse. Handler. Stimulant handler. Yeah. Okay. You're an um, orderly, you're an orderly. Yep. At a hospital for people with narcolepsy. Okay. And <laughs> when you notice someone nodding off, you have to quickly run over to them and like put um, smelling salts under their nose so yep. they don't fall and hurt themselves. So it's sort okay, of so, uh, so it's, so it's, it's a like bit of a, pl- a-, a plate spinning sort of game. Where once you've once you've given them stimulant, like you know they're not going to fall asleep for a little while. But um, Mrs. Jones in in the other corner of the of the building, you know, you, you it's been a while since you since you uh, stimulated her. Oh yeah, since you gave her a <laughs> dose, <laughs> so you know that she might fall into the potted plant. That one's not a euphemism either. So other stimulants that you can have. Um you got coffee, so you've always got to keep, like, a pot of coffee going. But because right. it starts getting frantic, you've got to be very careful because sometimes decaffeinated coffee ends up in the in, in the box as, you, as you're, as you know, setting up the next lot of coffee. So you've got to make sure that you're looking out for, for what type of coffee grounds you're going to be putting into the, into the coffee machine. Okay. Um, so you've got a, a number of things that you've got to do depending on, you know. So the smelling salts are like a last resort. If you know they're like literally about to fall asleep, yeah, I mean, that if will you, just if you, they'll just give them a quick blast to to wake them up and make sure they're actually not going to fall over until you can get something a bit longer lasting into them, like some coffee. Yeah, well, the the longer that you go in the game, maybe you know you can choose to go down the route of okay, if I if I get enough like hard drugs into the into this person, they can stay awake for like three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a cheat code. Uh, so we're just we're to, we're not we're just completely ignoring ethics for this game. Ethics? What's that? <laughs> ethics schmethics. Pretty much. Three to one click. Mouse. Comrade. <laughs> uh, comrade mouse. Okay, so my mind has gone immediately to the game Commandos. Okay. My mind's gone to tearing down the capital- capitalist bastards, but okay. So, I'm thinking that your mouse Commandos, 
All right. you, if you remember the game commandos, you got like the different yeah, yeah. the different things that you could do throughout them. Um, they're in uh, communist Russia, okay, and they're basically going through trying to you know take down Stalin or whoever you know the USSR were were all about. Yeah, I don't know my history. I'm terrible. All right, so let's just let's just yeah, let's just go for it. Generally, a sort of wartime strategy game with mice. Is this a world where everyone are mice and they're anthropomorphic, or is this is it actually during the human war and this is like the mouse brigade? I'm, it's, I'm it's thinking the this secret is during mouse the brigade. human war. This is the this is the top secret combined US UK. All all those guys have trained these top secret mice who can right. like sneak in and and basically take down take down regimes that they they deem. Unfit. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, how intelligent are these mice? Are, are they literally like c- giving them consciousness and and intelligence? Yeah. Or are so they? You got you got like the the wisecracking demolitions expert. You've got uh what what other sort of typical characters do you have? Um, you got like the bruiser, like the the sort of melee big big tanky sort of guy. Yep, he's a rat, but he thinks that he's a mouse. He thinks he's a mouse. Uh, there's the, uh, like the scientist type who, oh, who yeah, builds yeah. gadgets. Yeah, who builds uh, gadgets. And um, she's also kind of the, the, I mean, she's the smart one, but she, she's also the sassy one. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like the idea of the leader, their leader also being a mouse, but in contact with like the US authorities. So you're you're being to- um, told by by another mouse, you know, where to sort of go and what what sort of objectives you've got to do. I'm thinking because you're because you're nice and small, you can actually get in and take down take down weapons without people sort of seeing by chewing wires and and doing that sort of stuff. Occasionally you may have like not only humans to to deal with, like as you're mm-hmm. trying to sneak through their kitchens, but you you may have to. Oh, say on one mission, you may have to sneak into this restaurant and poison, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I was going to say po- poison the, the Russian commander's meal, but of yep. course you got to get in there without being seen. But you may have to. Yeah, we put in a we put in a ratatouille Easter egg where you get in there by hiding in someone's chef's hat and like controlling them by pulling their hair. <laughs> Except it's, it's not actually that. It's it's the scientist uh, scientist mouse, and she's got a device that she jams into their skull, and it takes control of their brain. The scary thing is, once once the device is in, it can't be taken out. Otherwise, oh, yeah. the, the guy's just brain dead. So yeah. Um, yeah, once you leave, they just drop to the ground. So you got to make sure to do it in a in, in a place where nobody can see. Nobody's yeah, just going to find them for a while. Yeah, because it turns out that like. That device, she she could have put safeguards in. There's just no time. No, no. Well, she just made it from spare parts around the around the place. So it's pretty impressive, really. It was. Uh, yeah. So so I, I like I like this idea. Do do they speak a human language, or is, do, are there translators on the other end of their radios having to like hearing like and then they have to? I'm just picturing a great scene where it cuts cuts back to someone on the other end of the radio, and they're having to like translate it out. Oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> so, how do they communicate with each other? Do they 
do they uh, speak in mouse or do they have to use hand signals or or pause signals? That could be, you know what, that could be interesting in a strategy game like that. Because if we're doing commando style, it was basically real time, but uh, you sort of, you had vision cones and you could tell where everyone was. And so you sort of had to, could you, you couldn't plan stuff, could you? You just had to like move them bit by bit. And, yeah, move them bit by bit. And switch between them. Uh, but what I was thinking would be interesting is if, to yeah, to communicate certain pieces of information between them, they did have to have like line of sight, or or be, or maybe have radios in certain levels or something. But yep, uh, there was an extra aspect of having to keep line of sight to to give information to those who needed it. I'm not sure how you necessarily represent that, but but I kind of like that, that mm, mechanic. Mm, I feel like that. Could be an interesting mechanic. It, it could it could be a, it could be in a level where you're going through like a top secret area, and the only way in th- is through like a metal detector, so you know that you can't actually take any radio equipment. So you have yeah. to. It's that's the particular level that yeah, you know, where that where you'd given that restriction. Yeah, that could be cool. And yeah, then then you've got some really nicely animated little poor signals. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Three to one click. Yeah. Flapping. Anything. Flapping anything. <laughs> Do you remember the flying toasters screensaver? Yeah. I think it was on, was it on Max. So, <laughs> my mind just meant it went to somebody who, like, is just attaching wings to things. I'm not sure for what purpose, but. They can just attach wings to anything, and then those things can fly. Yeah, these these big big bird wings. Um, why? <laughs> so now I'm wondering: Do you just play the wings? So uh, a- as you're going okay. through the game, you're you're trying to get somewhere, kind of like one of the old old school apogee platformer sort of things. Yeah. So. Your wings that only have certain power, yeah. But you've basically got to go hijack an enemy or or a an in, inanimate object, yeah. And and transport that that particular object to, to the get end where of the level. you're going. So you can only move around as wings if yep. you're attached to something. Yeah, and if not, then you then you kind of you know having to crawl along the ground because. Until you're actually attached to something, you can't actually get any purchase. Right, because you're two pairs of you're just two pairs of wings. Then yeah, you don't have that. You you need to be attached to something, so you've got that leverage between the two of you yeah. to actually lift you up. Because one wing by itself can't just lift itself up. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> so oh, I kind of like the idea of this. Is you're not necessarily transporting a particular a particular thing. You've just your your wings that have to get to the end of the level. Yeah. They've, and the levels are really only there for, for, you know, giving you a checkpoint to, that you mm. get to the next pit. And pretty much the whole, the whole game is, is kind of bullet hell. Oh. So you, okay. you sort of like, you know, having to, having to navigate through, through these, yeah. these bullets. And so there's no attacking or anything like that. It's just. Oh, there's no attacking. Well, I think, well, what if it's- Other things are attacking you, but you can't attack anything Well, what if it's it's, uh, based on what you're possessing, though? Oh, I mean, if you possess a gun, then hell yeah, you can shoot. Well, or I'm just thinking you possess particular enemies or something, 
you know, if you manage to, or, or there's certain times in their in their like in their behavior cycle that they're not shooting or whatever. So you get close enough, you 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 know, you, okay. So you start the level, you're attached to a mug, <laughs> so yep. you're fairly maneuverable because it's pretty light, but you're also a little bit fragile and and you can't damage anything. Yep. But there's a dude with a gun. And he's shooting at you, but when he re- reloads, you can just basically drop, like you stop flapping. Are we thinking it's basically controlled like Flappy Bird? <laughs> like you have to, you have to um, hit the button to flap upwards. Yeah, yeah. I so like you just that. let go. You just let go of everything, and it basically dive bombs down. The mug just breaks over his head, and the wings just grab onto him, and then he's just firing wildly. I'm thinking that you start off with small wings, but as as you go on, you can get like power ups to, to mm. get the wings bigger, so you can p- possess bigger things. Okay, so, yeah, because like, the they're just too heavy otherwise. The big evil, uh, uh, not evil wings. I was going to say eagle, but then like devil wings. So I kind of combine the right. two. Right, um, yeah, yep. The big devil wings. You know, they can possess people, and then you can literally rain down on high with with basically. Oh, okay, so maybe that's stuff. a power up. Maybe there's a power up you can get that gives you the devil wings. Which can possess people, but otherwise you can't. You can only possess yep. inanimate objects, and, and then there you could got be other wings in which you can, you can like calm people down and and you know, calmly go through a level because it's like. <laughs> How does that work? B- I because, think angel because- wings would give you some sort of maybe they like repel bullets or something. Uh, I think in a game like that, it just needs to be around mechanics related to sort of the bullets or maneuverability or yep. something like that. I'm picturing this as a very Metal Slug style uh, animations and things. You know, Metal yep. Slug. So, so I'm seeing now you tap A to flap, and you can yep. just move around with your um with your stick. And if you don't tap A to flap, then you um yep. then you start falling. Yep. So the idea is that you you're tapping A to flap around the level, getting a, a nice a nice bit of um nice bit of movement. But you got people trying to Shoot at the shoot at the flying mug. You got, oh, what else could be could be happening? You got maybe laser laser trip mines that you got to sort of get between and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like any of those bullet hell sorts of things, you just you have a variety of enemies that'll have different sorts of bullet patterns, or um, yeah, like laser blasts, periodic laser blasts. Uh, so you have to make sure that you're flapping in between them and sort of doing it at the right uh, pace so that you don't. Flap too high or too or drop too low while they're going, but yeah, that added mechanic of of being able to because basically as well, if you die, like if you get hit, depending on what you're possessing or what you're attached to, you'll have a different amount of hit points. I think different yep. things could take more damage. Like a mug can take one. A mug <laughs> will take one, but that just means your wings fall. Like that's not death. And if no. there's something else on the ground or nearby enough, or you can crawl to them, <laughs> um, these limp wings crawling along the ground and attach, then uh, then you can keep going. Yeah. And uh, what would be interesting is I wonder if you could bring some physics into it that you actually had some level of control of where you attached on each object. Because I'm just pitching the idea of- once you're like you get hit, you fall to the ground. You're crawling towards a person. 
you fire off your devil up, devil wings power up, so you can possess them. But because you're <laughs> you're on the ground, you like because you, your wings attached to their yeah to their ankles, and so as you flip up, they just pivot around and they're hanging upside down, firing but, backwards. But the thing about if you manage to to attach to you know the um the person's back, you've got like this massive bullet shield right in front of you that you know you can just be flapping along throughout the level, and you can take a lot. Like it doesn't matter if the if the person ends up dead; it just then becomes an inanimate object. So the the person itself, you know, sort of needs to be blown up by a rocket launcher. Well, maybe I think I think that might be a bit too overpowered. I think they can just take a certain amount of damage. Or a certain amount of hits before they just disintegrate or something. Okay, maybe maybe lasers come into into play then, and you know. Burns well, I mean, holes even even enough bullet even enough bullets are gonna <laughs> gonna rip a person's body to shreds. Maybe you really do make it bring in the physics, and they can lose limbs and heads, and so <laughs> as they keep going, your bullet shield gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> You're flying the body along, and it just it You're just, just flying a get, torso. Like, it just happens to get like there's a knife on the ground, and you just happen to to cut it in into the <laughs> into like the torso and move forward a little bit, and it's just like as you as you're flying on, you see all the guts sort of spilling out of the ground. <laughs> tear it open accidentally on the sharp edge. Uh, no, I really that's that's a really interesting addition to a bullet hole, a bullet hell. I, I really want to. I want to see that in action. I want to play that. That's really cool. So let's prototype that by next week. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if I had the time, that's the type of idea that I would prototype for sure. Yep. So uh, if someone else really could cool. um, could prototype that in yeah. Unreal Engine, yeah. that'd be good. Throw something together. Whatever. We don't care. Do it in Flash, for fuck's sake. No, don't do it in Flash. No. Nothing can run Flash anymore. No. All right, and that's de- cool. De- definitely don't do it in um in like for a mobile. I don't want it as a mobile game. That'd suck. No, no, no. It needs to be like a console game or a PC game. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Cool. One click. Yeah. Yolk. Chap. Chap. <laughs> yolk chap. Uh, so my, yeah, yolk is in egg yolk. Yep. Okay. So, do you remember there was like a very very one-time character in The Simpsons. Okay. And it was basically basically this giant egg with legs. <laughs> yes. You better run egg. Yeah. So I think you play the chap that is that is <laughs> this inside the egg. Inside the who egg. Who works for the egg lobby? Yeah, who works for the egg lobby. <laughs> <laughs> and and basically that's his whole job. He's just a mascot. Um, for All the right. Movie. Is he easily cracked? I guess that makes sense because if you're the guy inside a massive egg, you kind of are the yolk. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the idea that it's the story behind the mascot. All right. Oh, it's like serious. So, so it's it's it starts off with that scene where um, you know Lenny or Carl, I can't remember who it was. It was <laughs> okay, so it's literally this character in The Simpsons. Yeah. Okay, it's a Simpsons spin-off. But the, the it, most obscure it, Simpsons spin-off. Oh yeah, the most obscure reference from from one episode in like season 4 or something. Yep. And he goes home and his wife's disappointed because you know he's never going to Okay, important important question. 
Is she yep. also in an egg costume? <laughs> I I think she she's maybe a mascot for for a bigger lobby than just the egg lobby, and she's kind of disappointed in him. Okay, so it's it's a sort of it's a redemption story of of how the the yoke chap can actually win win back the heart of his wife and you know become a, a bigger <laughs> a bigger egg than you know than he currently is she's like you're such a pigeon egg i want you to be an ostrich egg something like that it's bigger i i, I kind of like the idea of you know, it, it being like a narrative series. I do like the idea of of taking a random character like that and and spinning out an entire serious narrative about him. Like, and and just finding out that you know his his marriage is going through a bit of a breakdown, and you know he's he's it's, it's thinking that that maybe his his wife is um his is having an affair with someone else and like another mascot from another company or something like that. Yeah, like the from the dairy the dairy lobby. Someone oh, dressed yeah. up in a big milk uh milk carton. either milk carton or, or literally where milk comes from, cow. It's just an udder. <laughs> it's just an udder with legs. Um her name also her name's Omelette. She's French. Oh God. You're really coming up with some bad puns today. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm not laughing, and I'm just not feeling great. It's okay. Our audience will laugh. I'll hear them from here. Oh God. Yeah. So he's got this. He's having this rotten life. It just stinks. And <laughs> his wife is fucking the the egg log, the uh, the milk, milk, the dairy guy. What's his like redemption story? How does this? I, I think his redemption story could be that. He his thing is that he realizes that he's actually been taking his wife for granted, and she's stuck by him through all this stuff. You can have maybe some some backstory about how he was really trying to trying to make this this egg lobby thing work. Yep. But she was trying to tell him for years that you know eggs eggs aren't the future. You know dairy and it turns eggs out eggs just know, aren't. <laughs> they cracked up to be. You already used that joke. Uh, yeah, but I'll cut that one out because <laughs> that one, this one, because this one was better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I kind of like it that you know, maybe it, maybe at the end, she she has a better life because she's met up with met up with someone else, and he's he's got a better life because he's met met someone else, and it's yeah. it's sort of like there's, there's no bad person in this. You get told through backstory yeah, and yeah, other yeah. stuff. It's all it's all shades of grey. Yeah. Um, the final, the final scene though has to be, he like has some epiphany about his life. He realizes he's finally happy. He doesn't have to work for the egg lobby anymore. And he just busts his way out of the egg suit. And you know who it is? No. It's Frank, whatever his name is. And he goes to work at, at the nuclear power plant. <laughs> Frank Grimes. Frank Grimes, yeah. It's Frank Grimes. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I do I like the idea though that throughout this whole game there aren't any other Simpsons cameos. Like we're not we're not building off the popularity of the Simpsons. 
at all. Oh, it could just be it's in Shelbyville just, or something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Shelbyville. There's no one we know uh, in the whole in the whole game until the end, and and then you find out it's Frank Grimes. Totally. I, I just I just kind of love the idea that you know this mis- mishap of you know finally his wife's actually happy and she's actually going to have a kid with this this new love and all this sort of stuff. And I I kind of like the idea that it is. You know this this story of these two people who who just weren't really meant to yeah. be together. Look, they got married. They wanted to have a dozen kids, live in a nice little carton. Oh God! <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Yep. Nap. Autobiography. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. You're a cat. Yep. And you decide that you're going to put out your memoirs because, by all accounts, by your accounts, you've lived a very interesting life. Uh, this is going nowhere. Anyway, but uh, as you start to write them, you realize how much of your time was spent napping. <laughs> this is really dumb. No, I don't know. Uh, think of something different. And go. <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. I don't know, nap and order. Like, a game. How do you do a game about an autobiography? All right. The story is from the point of view of someone telling their autobiography. So, it's like a, a, a first-person narrative, but told from the future, okay. right? Yep. Looking back. And they're in this asylum for narcoleptics. <laughs> no. I don't know where does where does nap come in? What's what's this story? What are they? What are they doing? Uh... Okay, so it is a cat. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the idea of the cat. Okay, and each time that he goes down for a nap, mm-hmm. he goes through like an adventure from his past. Oh, I see. Oh, that's kind of okay. Uh, that's interesting. So you play like an old cat. Yeah, and it, I, I like the idea of starting off. In this nicely decorated house, it's lit really nicely. It's like close to photorealistic graphics. You know, it's sort of the best that Unreal Engine can do or something yeah. for interiors. Beautifully animated as you slowly wander around this house. And you take that all in. But as you like walk through the living room, you walk through a beam of sunlight and you literally- can't do anything but fall over and take a nap. Oh yeah, you is it a is it a first person? No, I'm thinking third person. Third person. Okay. Yeah. So you I can was, see the thinking, whole cat. You know, see, seeing the seeing the eyelids start to close could be kind of kind of awesome <laughs> right. from a first person point of right. view. No, I think I think you could I think you could really portray that with the animation on the cat. Everyone knows how cats look when they like lie on their side to take yep. a nap sort of thing. Oh, and it's and it's actually finding different places in the house to sleep that brings up the different yeah, memories. Yeah, yeah, because cats will sleep anywhere, but well, not but not quite anywhere. It has to actually be a place, and maybe maybe each maybe each little story or each little mission starts from that place in this house, and it's like telling the history of the last you know twenty three years or something of this cat living in this house. Yeah, this is a really old cat. And the family it lives with and stuff. Yeah, and and it's obviously the cat can't talk, but he he can do things like knock things off 
off of the um yeah the counters and that sort of stuff to maybe um one of the things that you you see in the house is like a broken clock mm. at some stage and you realize that through throughout the throughout the game that some of these things that were kept were were maybe like if it was a broken clock, you may have actually broken it. You may have broken it in your yeah. past. Yeah, well, I'm sort of I'm picturing this as a very like gone home sort yeah. of thing where you can do these you can do these stories in any order. Yeah, but uh, the, through for the game design, we'll we'll basically block off certain areas of the house. Until you've you've done certain previous ones, so we've got uh, we've got some control over the narrative as it's seen. Yeah, but you know, initially you might have like four different ones you can do that all take you to different times. Uh, so you get a bit of backstory and you get to you get to play a bit, and so you know you go back and you're a kitten, and you know you can jump really high and you can you climb things and you 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 know oh yeah you can jump really high you can you're going at the back and you can like stalk birds and all this sort of stuff yeah yeah and 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 the whole time like there's there are certain things playing out in the house uh, that give you some some insight into the family that you live with. Uh, and, and obviously, depending on which time you go back to, you know, the kids are different ages and, and the, the parents' relationship is, you know, in different stages or something. You could just tell this really interesting family story from the perspective of this cat at different times. So, back in the days of the PS2, there was a game called Dog's Life. Yeah, I remember that. You had to, like, smell- th- you could see, see yeah, smells and stuff. you had to smell stuff. things and do all that sort of stuff. I'm thinking that you can sort of take some of the ideas of that where there weren't necessarily too many um too many story points that you necessarily have to do. No. During some of these things you can just go out and you can like mark your territory as a cat and you can Yeah, yeah, we could bring some of that. There's almost like collectibles and stuff or like little side things you can do in each in each story that's just yep. normal cat stuff. Yep. Um you've got to find like the bits of wool that you can like play, yeah, or just di- or just different cat toys in general or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got catnip that you can you can find that gives mm. it's like a stimulant for for the cat. <laughs> and- yeah, I'm thinking these are almost kind of eat not not kind of Easter eggs, but yeah, like collectible sort of things. They're they're completely um, optional, but you know some people are just going to enjoy moving around the house as a cat. And yeah, some of them you can only find if you, you know, get your jumping and climbing skills really good as a kitten or you manage to sort of find hidden places in, in the house or something. I don't know why, but my mind just kind of went to, like, a tragedy that happens in this house. Yeah, well, I'm thinking it's a very, you know, you could tell a very evocative story, an emotional story in this way. So, it it could be that the, the cat is on its last legs and- but the um the child that that gets brought home in the very first in the very first um, oh yeah like, like intro story where, yeah. where a baby comes comes home and the kitten is is literally just being brought home at the same time as well so yep. this this cat and and this baby have sort of grown up together oh shit i know where this is going keep going i'm going to start crying <laughs> i know because Around eleven or twelve, this kid gets diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah, and I kind of just just like the idea that the final scene of this is going to literally be, you know, the present. Yeah, the present, both the cat and and <sighs> the and the boy pass away at the same time. 
Oh my god, that's so fucking sad. It but is that's so, so sad, but it's it's that like, would be amazing, yeah. Because yeah, to reveal that throughout the game, and again, because we'd be gating off certain stories initially, you know, the first few you'd get, even though you might get some that are later in the cat's life. Yep. You only get hints that that something might be happening, and and they're pretty subtle. It's only if you're paying and, and attention. It, it, it could it could be you know you can you can actually knock something onto like the um the answering machine, and you hear you know doctor such and such calling. Yeah, yeah, and some of those could even be optional as well. So if you if you don't if you don't catch certain aspects of it in the earlier ones, you don't necessarily know. No, and like some of the gating could even be that because obviously you're trying to find these like sleep spots. To trigger yep. these things, uh, it could be that you know, in one of the scenes, you get to a certain place as a kitten or whatever, and or, or as a as a or as a just a, a like a a young cat, and you know, one of the people says like, "Oh, like such and such has gone back to their favorite sleeping spot or something," and it's it's one that you hadn't triggered yet. It's like, no, now you know, as a as an old cat, you have to find your way up there because that's going to be one of them, sort of thing, um, or something like that. They can give you hints as to how to unlock different different sections in the house, uh, but obviously, as you then do that and unlock more, it becomes we make it obviously more and more blatant to tell this story of this child getting sick and fighting it for years. And yeah, I'm just sort of picturing I'm picturing this old cat like making <sighs> making its way through the house. Taking all these naps along the way, you know, then it you know finally makes its way upstairs and, and into the hospital bed. Yeah, like into the bedroom. What they, they've got that's that's like got all the hospital stuff in there. And there's yep. this, there's this. I mean, by this point, you know, twenty something maybe, depending on. Yeah, we'll we'll fig- we'd figure out the timelines or whatever. Yeah. But like, but basically, obviously, you- very sickly in this bed. You jump up on there, and he or she like pets you and. I, I, I just want I just want to see you know this this smile come on the um oh my god on, on the child's <laughs> face yeah as the cat just and sort the cat of just like up. puts it you know the how cats like put their chin down yep like that on on like the the kid's chest and just like fades to, they close their eyes and it like fades out oh my god that is the saddest fucking thing we've ever done. But, but it's pretty fucking amazing. I know, and it came out of, came out of um, a, a napping autobiography. That Nap autobiography. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but holy this, shit! This is this is telling telling a story. Oh, that know? was it's- a roller coaster, man. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be amazing. That is amazing. I think that might be the best thing we've ever done. Yeah, come on, people could just make it. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my god! All right. Let's click again. One more. I, I think. almost don't want to. I almost I don't know. want to. I, I want that to be that. the final. Three, two, one, click. Mm-hmm. Set. Exma. <laughs> 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 so set? Like just S E T? S E T. Alright. You're an actor in the theatre. And you got really bad Exma that results in like dandruff. And it's a VR game. Oh. It's a VR game. And so, if you move your head too much, <laughs> cloud, clouds of dandruff just come flying out. No, okay. What do you have? It's probably better. So, you can only scratch when the camera's not on you. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Like, sorry. This. All right. So it's not theater. It's like film or, it's, or TV or something. It's a film set. Okay. So you are an actor. Yep. You're an actor, and and you forgot to. You've literally forgot your soothing cream. Okay. So <laughs> when 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 um you know it's not your your talking points or whatever. Yep. You can actually start to scratch, and and you know you see you see the scratch the itch meter go down. Yep. And um, well, you know what would be it would be cool. Wait, what sort of perspective are you thinking here? I'm seeing it as maybe like you've got the um the monitors in in like the corner of the screen. You're sort yep. of like from the director's point of view. Okay, okay, yeah. And so you see the action in front of you, sort of in in real life, but you're seeing what the cameras are seeing as well. Okay, that's yeah. good. I so so I think I think not just. You don't just have a, an itch meter. What you have is certain parts of your body can itch at different times yep. to different intensities, and so you get like you show that through oh, sort so, of a red glow so, so starting. If, you, if you've if you've got a if you've got a chest up, you can actually be scratching your leg. Yeah, yeah, exactly, or your ass or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, but if if there's a switch to camera one, <laughs> which is the the like wider um, full full body shot, you have to stop immediately. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of like this idea of, of this being, it's almost like one of those games where you have to find the perfect path through. So, you, you have to play it multiple times to know when you can scratch because you learn the script and you learn the, the shots. Yeah. And as an as a bonus, like I said, that's sort of the initial stage. But at the end, you have to edit it together, keeping- Enough of it, but cutting out all the bits where you were still scratching in the shot. <laughs> um, and there are certain, like, requirements. And, you know, it could even be, like, you know, I- I'm almost thinking they're relatively short levels. And it's like, you got three stars for this one because, you know, you managed to edit it with no scratching. And you didn't let any itch meter get to the point where, I don't know, you fucking flailed your leg out involuntarily or something. <laughs> Well, well, I'm I'm just well, imagining that, um, if if it does get to the point where, you know, say the head goes goes red with itchiness, yeah, like uncontrollable, uncontrollably he starts scratching his start head, scratching it, right, right, okay, in, until until it disappears, yeah. So okay. so you know if you let it get, and that's going to ruin a whole zone, bunch of shots, yeah, it could ruin a whole bunch of bunch of bunch of shots yeah. Unle- yeah. unless it gets to a certain point. Well, maybe with the editing as well, you get a certain amount of takes and you can keep the shots from each from all the takes so you know that the first round it's like, "Oh shit, well in this scene I let my head get too itchy and scratched all the way through it." So I really like but but I'm pretty sure the first, you know, quarter of it was fine. So uh, I'm going to scratch my head through the entire first quarter to make sure that we get those <laughs> shots. Uh, <laughs> um uh, so I think I think one thing that could be really interesting is depending on how itchy you are, you act differently. So depending on the scene, you might need this like this like look of frustration on your face or something. So it actually is your to your benefit to get certain itches up to a certain intensity because like your eyes will widen and you'll really sell that idea of being shocked or being frustrated or something. Or or you know, if it's really, really painful because you got too many things, you could actually be tears in your eyes because you- Yeah, that's it. Like- you need to cry in this scene. So, it's like you need to let at least three different itches reach, you know, 
but then, then you still have to manage them. Like they can't reach a hundred because you wreck. Then you wreck the scene. <laughs> yeah, because he just starts instantly scratching all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you could do some really good stuff with inverse kinematics on this to get the itching animations to work really nicely. <laughs> they just randomly appear over your body. Oh, you're still thinking VR. No, 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 no. Just the animation, just the way the animation oh, yeah. works on the body, on the. Uh, I'm like, I'm, on the, I'm on the pretty character. sure with, with the with the view that we went, you know, wasn't going to work with VR, but no. It, well, it could work with VR, as in, and we, don't, we wouldn't have to do this, but like. It's just you're sitting still, but you can look around in VR from the from the point of view of the director. But we'll, but the the person you're actually controlling is is in front of you on the on the in the set. Oh yeah. Uh, so that could you could have it so that you need to look away from the set somewhat to pay attention to the monitors and stuff. Uh, or maybe you can like lean down and look through a camera to see the. So I don't know. Yeah. We, we don't that. Yeah, we don't need to do that. It doesn't need to be VR, yeah. but. Since since we brought it up, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's very different to the previous game. It's no tear jerking uh, fucking cat tragedy, but I think there's actually some interesting mechanics there that you could do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if you made it, if you made the scenes funny enough and varied them up a bit, so maybe some people do different lines, different times, and stuff. You know, obviously yeah. all the shots and stuff are the same to account for that. But and if you ruin too many shots, like the director calls cut, you fu- you've just fucked it up completely. Oh, you you know what I really want to see? Mm. Like your your characters like itch uh, didn't itch his leg, so he kicks it out and kicks one of the um kicks up one of the other actors. Yeah, yeah. So in in the next in the next take, they're actually a little bit more they're angry li- at you, so you've oh. actually ruined their take as well. Or the, if if in the next scene they were supposed to be angry at you, you've inc- you've increased the quality of that scene. Because their emotions line up. Maybe that's it. Maybe you've, depending on different things you can do, you've got different levels of control over your emotions and the emotions of the other actors in your scene. Yeah. And if, and if you get bonus points if they line up with what's supposed to happen in that scene. Cause I'm really picturing this as a like, what was that game? Oh, did you ever play Stuntman? No. no okay. I, I think it was a game on the, I think it was on the original Xbox, but the whole idea was like, You've got this level, you're playing a stuntman driver, a stunt driver on a set, and you've got to just get through this level and hit the right lines and hit the right marks and do the right moves at the right times. And, you know, you get more points for doing it more stylishly and stuff. So I'm kind of thinking that, but from this, yeah, but from the point of view of this person acting on stage. And so you could, you know, you'll have people playing these levels over and over again because you want to get these itches up to certain points at certain. In certain scenes or in certain takes to then affect the later ones or to, yeah, to basically get the maximum points for that scene. Yeah, it's fun. I like that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's cool. I think, I think that's all the time I've got here for t- today on Bitstorm. I think it is all the time we have today on Bitstorm, yes. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, if you, if you want to find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, uh, we are Bitstormcast on all of those. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Bitstorm, uh, which I've forgotten to put up a listener click pitch for like the last month, but sometimes we do that. We're also on Podchaser. You can now find us at podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. And uh, if, awesome. you're a pod- if you're a podcaster, go there and claim your page and you can get your own custom URL. While you're 
while you're checking out Podchaser. Also, check us out on iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We have a website, pitstormcast.com. We'd like to plug the awesome folks out there at the AGPN. Hopefully, we'll be getting a couple of guests on in the next few weeks, maybe from the AGPN. Yes. Who knows? We'd also like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> What, uh, right. Did you expect me to continue on and do something else? Well, or? I thought you'd end off. I think I thought you'd move into the outro, the final final I, outro. I was waiting for a sneeze. That still hasn't come. Oh, okay. it's going to come halfway through. Anyway, yeah, probably. So, thank you again for joining us on Bitstorm this week. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. That's a dead cat, and we're all cr- <laughs> and we're all crying. <laughs> <laughs>